All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this um, patched together Zoom meeting that uh, we've cleverly disguised as a podcast, then uh, you're up for an exciting segment. We have um, brother from another mother and uh, local basketball expert uh, slash historian. I, I think, uh, I don't know what kind of degrees he is hanging on his wall, but he talks a good game. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the fabulous Colin Doyle, everybody. I assume you're standing and applauding at home. We appreciate it. Colin Doyle, uh, what's in your heart? Open up. Okay. Is, has he heard any of this? I think he, I can see him. Uh, he's so statuesque. No, I'm doing, uh, guys, I'm literally doing five things at once. I'm a, I'm okay. a dumb dumb. How are you? Thank you for making us number five on the list, Colin Doyle. We appreciate it. Hey, top five, top five. Uh, I was just giving you a, a quite a flattering introduction, actually. I'm sorry you missed it, but uh, it's great that you're here now. Um, oh, shit, we're live. Oh, man, that's is embarrassing. That, yeah, I'm right here. So before <laughs> we get into uh, the documentary at hand, uh, The Last Dance, um, now growing up, for a moment, you were in California, right, as a young man? That's correct. What did Michael Jordan mean to you then as a, a Lakers fan and a lover of uh, Irvin himself? Yeah, it's funny. That all came uh, to a head uh, last night in episode four, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Uh, when 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 they it it got it came down to Magic and Michael, and I was watching with my fiance Catherine Cullen, and uh, I was like, oh, man. And I paused it to see that I was going to spend the next 15 minutes reliving 1991's <laughs> loss. Oh. Uh, and my brother, so first of all, my brother was a, a, pretended to be a big Jordan fan. He wasn't a basketball fan, but I think he liked Jordan despite me. So the household was very tense. We had moved from Los Angeles uh, not that long ago. So th that series meant everything. The fact that the Lakers got game one and lost in double overtime and, and and then feasibly lost four in a row after that was was hard but I mean the guy was amazing uh the guy was uh Michael Jordan was truly truly amazing but I I love reading about and can talk at length about this idea that that and and episode four captured so beautifully that Magic felt that Michael had to go through him, and Michael felt that that he had to go through Magic, and and I I, I love that, and and it, and it rode itself even into uh, the Dream Team. So even after they they beat uh, Magic, and Magic uh, uh, hugged him after the series, like there was a there was a definite uh, love and respect. Um, but you know, in '92, you know, Bird and Magic were the first ones to say yes to the Dream Team, even though Michael was asked first. Then Michael said yes once they said yes, and then apparently, for a, a lot of the practices, it was Magic versus Michael. Those are the captains every time, and 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 Bird was in and out due to injuries, due to the, bone, the back and bone spurs, and. Every every all those scrimmages were treated Magic versus Michael, Magic versus Michael, and, and Bird finally said at the end when they were getting ready to go play games, "Hey, sorry, man, he's he's the guy now. Like it's without question." <laughs> yeah, yeah, time to pass the torch. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, man, it doesn't belong to you anymore. So would you describe yourself then as a Jordan fan or was he the thorn in your side? You know, the Tom Brady to my Buffalo Bills, if you will. Great, but I still hate him with every fabric of my being. Uh, No, I never, uh, no, I mean, for me, that was Celtics and Bird. Like, you're awesome, but I can't stand you. And I even watching the Detroit Pistons, that was like, uh, there needed to be a trigger warning for me before that happened just because of the style of play. I mean, they perfected that against the Lakers and Magic and Isaiah right. kissing, but then going at each other. And, and my, my favorite, my favorite uh, 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 hand-drawn poster of all time is the Lakers championship run when we beat the Pistons and then they eventually beat us was uh, in L.A. We don't drink. Uh, we drink champagne, not lame beer. <laughs> my favorite. Nice. No. One of the main figures in this uh, documentary thus far has been uh, the general manager, Jerry Krause, mm-hmm. who, uh, for better or for worse, uh, was at the center of these uh, championship-winning teams and uh, very much, um, like, you can see his fingerprints all over those teams. Um, do you agree with the, um, you know, somewhat, uh, <laughs> you know, they're not even pretending to, you know, hide a bias there. Uh, towards Jerry Krause, do you think uh, he's deserving of all that he's getting so far, the way he's being portrayed? Uh, or do you think perhaps he's just a, a misunderstood guy who was actually uh, ahead of his time, perhaps, as a GM and the way he thought and the way he put teams together? With the, with the exception of a couple of notable mistakes, a lot of the things he did ended up in championships. You know, where, where do you fall there? Yeah, man. Well, you and I talked about it earlier, which is why I kind of wanted to jump on on this beautiful podcast and and go at it with you a bit because, uh, I mean, so I'm a short guy, so I understand a uh, little man complex. So <laughs> that's always fun to watch in all of its forms. And <laughs> yeah, also another trigger. This is so weird. This must be an exhausting documentary series for you. Oh uh, yeah, I'm 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 happy. I'm sad. I'm crying. It's same with Beastie Boys. Yeah. If you ever want to do a podcast, it's the exact. Ask you are are the lights on when you're watching these, or is it just you under the blanket? <laughs> uh, uh, the lights are actually off, Brian. But I, I am force feeding. My parents bought me, uh, shameless plug, a Costco size Chicago mix, both for okay. the fact that I love that food, but it, this series is about Chicago. So I am <laughs> I am just inhaling this shit. Okay, so Jerry, you had yeah. Did is he the the villain that they're making him out to be? It, it, I'm a Libra, so I'm going to answer both ways. That's okay. not what Libras mean, but it, it means that classic toil. We can't make a decision. <laughs> to me, there's no qu- you cannot deny. There's no question. This man built maybe the greatest dynasty in sports of all time. Certainly the best in 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 the, the in the NBA. You could argue mm-hmm. that your Patriots. Yankees and but and 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 I would say the best team ever assembled. Sorry, Golden State. Uh, this I mean because yeah. So he built that and he got in pieces like Horace Grant. He got in. He took the advice and went with Rodman, which everyone everyone thought was insane yeah, at that yeah. time. For fair reason, yeah. Yeah, and and, and drafted uh, Scottie Pippen out of the middle of nowhere. Um, and, and in fact, the only thing he didn't do on that team was bring in Jordan, Jordan, he inherited. Yeah. So you're like, yes, you built that, but he, whatever he felt threatened by Phil Jackson, whatever credit that he didn't feel he was getting, 
he made it very, very, very obvious. And I, and clearly the stuff, he, yeah, he shot himself in the foot in every single possible way. The, well, the let's break was, it down here. The, the two mistakes they seem to highlight the most are number one being Scottie Pippen's uh, decision to hold out uh, because he was unhappy with his contract. Now, uh, as much as I pity Scottie Pippen in that situation, if you're the GM of the Bulls and you have a sweetheart deal with the arguably the, the fifth, sixth best player in the NBA, are you going to suddenly give up that extra cash, that extra credit that allows you to keep your team super, if you will? Would you make that move? Do you argue with the move there? I, I hear what you're saying, and mm-hmm. and it's interesting. I was just talking about this the other day. I, uh, to flip it back to Scottie Pippen, yeah. I imagine you're a young man coming out of central Arkansas. His family was huge, and in that family, he had not one but two people that were bound in a wheelchair. Yes. And I just go, man, like, I can't even imagine what that life would be like. We... I don't know, for myself as a Canadian, I, I have a hard time just imagining what U.S. medical care would be like, let alone in, in central Arkansas, let alone for a family that big, let alone for African-American, let alone. So if I'm Scottie Pippen, I go, I totally understand why you hear $18 million and you go, oh, yes, my family will be taken mm-hmm. care of. Where do I sign? Even though your owner himself is telling you not to sign that deal, you can still sympathize with this man. I can, and, and because of that, that same owner, owner and man, Jerry Reinsdorf is no prize either. He goes, hey, and listen, when you sign it, I'm, I'm not changing it. So both of them went, you know, went about going, no. Yeah. And I, I just, I think the guy did so much. He, I don't think he had, he did not have the same, obviously, shoe deal resources that, that Mike had, obviously, and yeah. stuff like that. So he was more reliant on that salary than anyone else, uh, than, than probably any of the five or six stars that might have been ahead of him as best player. Um, yeah, and then, and then funnily enough, I mean, Phil Jackson coming in made, and that was, I was glad that they highlighted that, made Scottie Pippen an all-star and made him that much better uh mm-hmm. as well so and and he still had years on his contract yes and so i do empathize brian to, uh, i do yeah this brings us to uh the other mistake which uh, seems to be highlighted uh, quite prominently is his treatment of of phil you know um this sort of um <laughs> this need to push him out when uh, all signs seem to say keep the man like the easiest thing in the world but to be to keep Phil Jackson coaching the Bulls when when the man himself is saying I won't play for any other person, what what is your do you think that's pure narcissism? Absolutely. Or do you think um, he saw he saw the 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 light at the end of the tunnel, if you will, if he saw the the change? Well, I mean, you could look to, I mean, I think it is narcissism, and you could look back to how it went with 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 Doug Collins. I mean, they love Doug Collins. Beautifully. I, I thought that was – you could – because he fires this guy after taking them to the Eastern Conference Finals, which um, I think even LeBron did once, right? Didn't he lose a coach and then come back and win the championship that same year? That's after, right. That was David Blatt. Yes, that's correct. And then they replaced him with Tyron Lue. 
Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, a bold decision that worked in his favor. Yeah, but they. I mean, people loved Phil, uh, Doug Collins. Um, uh, the fans, obviously, the the players. Uh, he's my. He's one of my favorite, if not. Yeah, he might be my favorite. Uh, uh, no, he's one of my favorite NBA, uh, NBA analysts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and even in the documentary, he totally takes the high road and doesn't say why he felt or how he felt being uh, replaced. But clearly, Kraus was grooming Phil Jackson and had Tex Winter and liked that Phil was listening to Tex, which was his big idea, and it worked. And then lo and behold, when Phil Jackson was getting all that credit and Tex Winter got some of it and, and things like that, he started grooming Tim Floyd. So it wasn't money. It was, it was him going, this is my stamp. And, and everyone was going, oh, Phil Jackson's a Zen master, winning his coach. And it was Jerry Krause that was like, oh, no, I, I, this is, it was, he, he, he listened to Tex Winter. I put Tex there. I put Phil there. What about me? Like, his daughter got married and he didn't invite Phil Jackson. He invited everybody else. I mean, this dude yes, poisoned yes. the well. The contentiousness of the, 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 the relationship there that he seems to, I, I mean, even the way Jordan, like very early in the episodes there, one and two, you see it, like there was a clear like distaste for Jerry Cross that can be felt throughout the organization. Um, it shocks me a little bit that this is a team that did so well with that kind of unrest, you know, at the top levels of the organization. It, it, that's what kind of makes me wonder how much of this is one side of the opinion. Like you said, uh, the man himself is dead and uh, not able to defend himself. But I, I, I find his position very interesting, um, at the very least polarizing. Well, and Jordan's, uh, Jordan's company is producing with Netflix and ESPN this documentary. So, yeah. and, and I hope we get a chance to talk about it because I, you know, I literally leapt out of my seat and rewinded it when they showed the Isaiah Thomas stuff. I hope we oh get to talk goodness. about that. That I, I, you I walked was off giggling. the court? Are you kidding uh, me? Well, even, but, but him, the director going, Hey, and this is what Isaiah Thomas said before even looking. Mm-hmm. Jordan's like, still hate him. Yeah. The guy's a fucking liar. Swore on camera. Like I jumped out of my seat because that image, Jordan's image has been so pristine. Even him with the cigar and, the whole yeah. stuff about his dad and gambling. Oh, it's like, gosh, next to him. Well, this is where I want to lead to next then. Wait, wait, wait. Um, I don't want to wait. Let's not leave Kraus for, hold on one second. Oh, because sure. Yeah. If you have a final thought, with, please. With Kraus, with this whole thing, it started with Jordan's foot injury. It started yeah. with him wanting to compete at the highest level and going, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. He fought Kraus. He fought Ryan Stewart. Over tanking. Over tanking, over minutes, over all that stuff. And he, and he rose above all of it, but he carried that from the beginning onward. Then with, and, then, and then had an ally in Scotty, and it's like, who are you going to go against? There, there was definitely bullying. It was a bit sad, like even when, when they all won and Scotty Pippen's dancing and then Ryan Storm starts dancing and they kind of pick on him for dancing. <laughs> there I'm like, oh, that's too bad. But this dude totally made it about him and it highlights to me in such a big way and it's so obvious then as it is now <laughs> new york knicks that if you do not have a good gm and you don't have a good culture your your franchise is doomed it's doomed i like that they highlight that too that um, 
to remind people because because we I mean I think people respect um, the Chicago Bulls now and uh, what Michael did and how Derrick Rose uh, uh, try as he might tried to keep that legacy going. Um, the, but before that, before Michael, the, the the Chicago Bulls were the I don't even know what to call them the uh, the Nets. <laughs> you know the. They, they were, were awful. They were a terrible. They were terrible, terrible in the end. They were notorious drug users. Yeah, like, it was. Yeah, they were doing coke. Now, uh, to put the spotlight on Michael himself, because uh, you see, again, I thought you nailed it when you the moment the Isaiah and Michael feud there that is still clearly so personal to them both. Like you can see that Michael is clearly uh, still physically upset by it. Uh, and Isaiah, you can see a resistance to admit that he did anything wrong. Uh, so still a very palpable scar. Uh, of the two of those guys, um, they both share uh, what seems to be a somewhat dickish quality. Uh, Kobe had it. Shaq obviously has it. LeBron, not so much, although he's been known to push some people around. Do you think it's necessary to some degree? Larry Bird, maybe a little bit. Do you think you need to have... Uh, a little bit of an asshole in you, and how much is healthy and how much is not, do you think? Uh, okay, I got a bunch of things here. What yeah. I thought was funny was uh, Isaiah blamed Lambeer about not shaking, and I believe Lambeer went on record to say Isaiah. So somewhere in there is the truth, and I think it's awkward that neither of them take responsibility. I, I also well, recently supposed to be read... bad boys, too. Like, take the fall if you're such a bad boy. I also read that not everyone didn't shake. I think Vinnie Johnson, Joe Dumars, and perhaps even John Sally stayed mm -hmm. on the court to shake. So it was definitely Isaiah Lambeer and Rodman who, who walked off, which is also kind of interesting that both the media neglected to mention that. But yet yeah. that was uh, the truth. And yeah, I mean, Jordan, Jordan hugged everybody after getting pulverized by those fucking brutes. <laughs> and, and 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 said and said the better team won. So you know I understand what Isaiah was pitching about Bird never doing that, and it's like yeah that wasn't cool. Bird by the way was a notorious trash talker. Him and Reggie Miller are to this day considered the worst in the history of the NBA, mm -hmm. to the point where Bird played left-handed and was like I'm better than all of you left-handed, <laughs> which is which is an awesome read. Mm -hmm. uh, um, but uh, 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 do you have to? I don't know, man. It's it's interesting, um, uh, and and it's definitely something that that the the guys, the older guys, argue that the younger guys don't do. The fact that you know they colluded to make a super team, that that everyone hangs out afterward. They didn't do this, like you know. And even if they did, if Barkley and Jordan are playing golf when during the Phoenix Suns championship, which no one knows is true people then like pat riley used that shit and said charles oakley i know you're best friends with michael you are not hanging out with him he's just going to sing your praises and then torch you on the court and all of it is calculated whether or not it's true i don't know but i think that's awesome um yeah i don't know no i you know kobe i think went about it very uh kobe was really really hard on hard on players so is jordan and i think that might come out a bit more as we go down the road maybe not but it might well i and feel like I they touched on it in the last episode there that that he realized at the beginning of the the, the 97 season that if they weren't playing to their to their capabilities and he really started laying into them yeah 
And I know it's interesting. Uh, one of my favorite things that left me pause is like, I've always loved Magic Johnson because not, I don't eat so gregarious, so happy to play the game. So, and always wanting to make his teammates look better. Same with Steve Nash. What I didn't know, but I found very interesting was there's a famous uh, com uh, commercial that came in the eighties uh, that Converse did. They, it was called, I think the shoe was called the weapon and bird had a greenish black and white one and, and magic had a purple and white one or a yellow purple and white one. And they shot it in French Lick, Indiana. Mm -hmm. And Magic came in, in in a limousine and got out of the car. And this is like after they they played each other in, in the finals. Yeah. And met Bird's mother and was so charming and so lovely. And Larry Bird was like, who is this guy? This, I love this guy. And, then, and he was Irvin, as the story goes. And then when the camera started, he became Magic. And Larry <laughs> sure. Bird hated Magic. <laughs> but he loved Irvin and, and it was such a surprise that to so many people that when Magic contracted HIV after talking, I think to his agent, his family, his agent, that Larry was the first person he called, that they had developed this, this deep relationship because of this Irvin, this Irvin person meeting his family and, and being quite charming and playing on his court in French Lake, Indiana. The Clark Kent to a Superman, if you will. Totally. Well, I mean, so I, think, I, mean I, I think there is value. Personality, I think, on the court than they do off the court. I mean, like, just to look at Larry Bird alone, you'd think he's the sleepiest, doughiest looking guy in the world. <laughs> if you ever watch his highlight reel on YouTube, he looks like a, a killer, like a man. Totally. He looks like a psycho with that hair flowing in the breeze. Well, and it's funny that you picked, you mentioned about Shaq, Shaq being a bit, a bit challenging, but, I mean, that was his Kobe and Shaq's friction. Yeah. Was that Kobe was like, dude, why don't you take this stuff seriously? And he's like, well, it's practice. It's, it's this, it's that. I've got all these other things going on. And even Phil Jackson pushed Shaq to say, you got to, you know, stop rapping and selling sneakers. We need you. And, and when he went, but his argument was, look, man, when I step on the court, I'm going to own your asses. And he was, he was lethal, Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was more, I think, just physical domination. I think what my Michael different is that he was just competing at a higher level. He wasn't physically bigger. I mean, we've now gotten to uh, episodes three and four where he starts lifting weights and he's working with that trainer who became super famous, Tim, I blanked on his name, but has written books and all that stuff about training. I said to Catherine, who's new to all of this stuff, ah, yes, Tim Grover. Well done, Matt. And he has it and it's already sticky noted and everything you're um how do how do i keep this thin and be that tone but i said to <laughs> Catherine, i was like we're watching these flashbacks to the 91 and i said to her i'm like he isn't even going to hit peak jordan for another three or four years honey like this is just this this is just beginning yeah this is just him getting his feet wet learning how to be a pro uh because i found that interesting too um the they're talking about when they brought in the triangle, when they brought in the, the new system. How many years is that between Jordan's start and Jordan becoming an all-around player? Would you so say? that would be uh, – so he was drafted in 84. Mm -hmm. And the triangle and all that stuff would have been 90 into 91. And it's, it's funny because they yeah. gave so much credit to 
to, to again, Krause's, I mean, not they, but you could look at that lineup be, with, with Rodman playing center. So he was, they were doing small ball long before any, yeah, you I know, remember. Golden State or whatever. This PS, Steve Kerr moved yeah. that over, as did Popovich. Well, not Popovich, but so. They played so, so much bigger, though. <laughs> but, but everyone, again, was like, okay, Phil Jackson's going to go to the Lakers. Triangle's not going to work because you have Shaq in the post. But, dude, Shaq, Shaq it was able to move in and out of stuff and still move within, within the, the triangle offense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it was, it's been something to behold, yeah, this sort of crowning. Had Jerry Krause, because I have it here, that there was a rumor that he almost got Tracy McGrady for Scottie Pippen. A deal never went through when Scottie was uh, holding out. In your world... Who would you have won for Scottie Pippen? Do you think there's somebody that could have made the team better? If he had refused, if you had to ship him out, who would you have wanted back for him? Um, they wanted – that's what I always find. I mean, again, when we were talking about Pippen and Krause and, and who deserves what, I mean, they, they traded up for him. No one kind of knew who this guy was. They traded yeah. the Sonics for him. And then, and then for the longest time, he – he was constantly being talked about being dealt. And it was, that was Krause's way of saying, stop asking me for more money or I'll put you in a position where you're worse off. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's a value situation, I guess. Then. Well, and, and you and I, I asked you this, and, and someone else deposited that, that as much as LeBron gets compared to Jordan, I wonder if LeBron's closer to Pippen in that, and that Pippen is... With the defense and rebounding and assists, he was the first point forward, like LeBron. In a world where Jordan didn't exist, where do you think Scottie Pippen would have finished on the list of all-time greats? If oh, he had, wow. if he had had that chance to be the 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 main stud the whole time, you could argue it may have made him greater than he was with Jordan. Well, in a way he, that Jordan could have possibly held him down. To some degree, there was that time, and, and Scottie Pippen yes. dragged a, a Jordanless Bulls into the playoffs, and I mean, yeah, he clearly he, needed someone games. else. But yeah. the fact that he's a top fifty player of all time, maybe twenty five, like Pippen was amazing. And I think I'm I'm of the mind that he was even more amazing because he could defer to 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 Jordan. That, yeah, that, 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 yeah. and that Jordan realized that and Jordan the first thing he did in the documentary the first thing he did in his Hall of Fame speech was like I I'm not here without Scottie Pippen first thing out of his mouth yeah I think he was smart enough to realize what he had I, I, I can't remember who it was but somebody refers to Scottie Pippen as the greatest number two in the history of the NBA uh, do you think that's true I mean considering so, those great championship teams everybody had a number two I mean Irvin had his Larry Bird has his uh, is he the greatest? Well, it would be interesting to discuss like what the definition of number two is. So, uh, if it if, uh, if Magic no. was number one, so then I guess Kareem is number two. And exactly. That, and then you're this looking is my at, point. Whoever the, would be second billing in the movie. Time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like maybe I, yeah, not necessarily a position. I think so, man. Well, who's that? You think he's still better? You take him over Kareem? I I would, and it, you know what it boils down to. It, boils down to the defense i would say too that jordan and pippen are the best two defensive players 
on the same team ever. And certainly the best wing defenders of all time. Yeah, it's a difficult thing to put that in perspective just because of the way the game has, uh, you know, changed over the years. You know, the way the Wilt Chamberlain played it was different than the way that Kareem played it, who's different than the way Jordan played it, different than the way LeBron is playing it. You know what I mean? Like, the game just keeps moving outward, it seems. Okay, <laughs> here's another fun one for you. Is that the fire in Michael Jordan's eyes I'm seeing, or is he just always constantly fresh from taking a hit from the crack pipe? How do you explain what's going on with that man's eyeballs? I mean, is he always I, been like that? I, I don't know. I've been thinking about <laughs> I, it. I don't know. I, it really pulls me out of the documentary at times. <laughs> is this guy on the crack? I I don't. Well, that I would say no. Like that, like that without hard drugs. I wonder if just the, the fact that his body was so clean, any kind of consumption of, of alcohol or, or uh, 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 I mean, he's a big cigar guy. But, uh, yeah, no, I've noticed it too. I was like, are you okay? What, I just it? noticed today in episode four, though, I probably should have noticed earlier that there's a glass of, uh, a glass of scotch sitting next to him in most of those interviews when he's in, like, the big white room of his mansion there and uh, – uh, and often a cigar in his hand. So I suppose it's possible he could have just choked on a fine Cuban cigar since he seems to constantly have one in his hands. Okay, um, moving along then. Um, what surprises do you expect to see in the, the upcoming episodes? We got six more. Um, what know, do you think? Like, do, Are we going to touch on the gambling? Like, How deep you know, into Mike I, are we going? Because it feels to me so far this is less about Michael Jordan and more about the Chicago Bulls, to be perfectly honest. Yes. I don't think we're going to get into the gambling. Now that I know that, that, his, that Jordan's connected to the producing of this, it's definitely going to look how he wants it to look, and that's how they got permission. Mm-hmm which is why I, I really enjoyed the honesty of him going, Isaiah Thomas is a fucking liar. Um, <laughs> I'm sure so he put you're, it up you're on not the, gonna, on billboard. Yeah. You're not going to get, you're not going to get, I think more edgier than that. I no, do I look forward though, to having someone like Tony Kukoc talk about, and you'll get a flashback of where he was and how he was the magic of Europe. And, and, and how that came to be in terms of how he is going to influence. Because when Jordan retired, Kukoc did a major leap. And from that leap, Scottie Pippen's respect of him came. And then when Jordan came back, I imagine he felt more comfortable with Scotty and then could be more comfortable with Michael. And all of those guys are able to, you know, kind of, vouch for one another so i think that's the one i'm most excited about is is ku coach's story coming into uh-huh. that environment as being public enemy number one which jerry Krause created and, and then and then being accepted but because p.s yeah. brian it's got to be that ku coach was probably most definitely getting paid more than scotty Pippen. going back yeah. to your original uh-huh. yeah question uh-huh. i mean you really gotta and give it so, up scotty i mean he's He's such a humble guy. Yes, but there yeah. are moments, and this is what I, I don't have a problem with it, but I know some people have issue around the migraine game, which Jordan, yeah. which they Even lost. Even Jordan seemed to bite his tongue on that. Is there some discussion about whether or not the migraine was real? I mean, why would he pull himself from well, the game, essentially, to 
to fake a migraine. I don't get that. I don't think it's necessarily fake, but what was great in that seeing Jordan's, you know, poker face lack thereof was, was him biting his tongue in the moment at 20 years later or whatever it's been to go because the same guy when, when having that broken foot and going to the general manager and going to the president going, I want to play. And then Jerry Reinsdorf going, well, Michael, you know, if you had nine pills, uh, you know, you had a headache, nine pills would make it go away and the other one would kill you. You know, would you take the pills? And then his response was, how bad is the headache? <laughs> yeah. Right? Which is, an ama- that's amazing. And, and completely like competitive and, and borderline like, dude, yeah. you just rest it out. You just sit it out. You so, think he's just pissed, so yeah. <laughs> I do. Yes, I do. He, you know, it's like, Scotty, it's a headache. This is yes, this fucking yeah. game seven against the team we hate more than anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why when, when, the, when the documentary went into, and I loved it, when Rodman, specifically Rodman, throws Pippen late, which he got a technical but didn't get ejected from, you'd have like a 10-game suspension if you did that now, landed oh, into a sure. seat, no one helps him up, and then he just gets up and stares and says, I, you know, and doesn't engage. That was like such a... A, a beautiful moment for Jordan. Jordan com- got so excited. Scotty didn't retaliate. And then the Pistons were like, oh, we can't phase these guys anymore. And then during baseball, when he was gone and the Bulls were, uh, I believe, against the Knicks in the playoffs, when the Knicks beat them and then went to face Houston, uh, Phil Jackson called up a final play for Coach to try and win the game. And Pippen wanted it to be him and he sat out. He did not get off the bench. Pippen was offended. So I, I've heard that Jackie McMillan, she went to see Jordan play baseball and Jordan w- ran over to her and, and said, could you believe Scotty sat? So, and, and so Jordan carried that in the coming back. So, mm-hmm. and, and, and unfortunately Pippen has the, that, those two moments. And then I think another one in Portland where, but it's just like, I don't know, man, look at how the guy took in so much for years. I know it's very tough. I mean, I can kind of uh, respect the point he's trying to make there. Like I've been number two my whole life. Uh, and then Jordan finally steps away for a second. You're going to give fucking uh, key, uh, team Latvia the ball over here or wherever the hell it's from. Uh, at the Croatia. same time, you know, I mean, look at a guy like Evgeny Malkin. I mean, he spent his whole life arguably playing next to the greatest hockey player, <laughs> you know, at least of his generation, not of all time, I guess, but, I've never heard that guy complain once. Yeah, you know, maybe there is some fault there with Scotty, but uh, well, I mean, I can know, imagine maybe... what that must be like, feeling like your entire career you've never been fully appreciated. No, and constantly having the threat yeah. of trade, being underpaid, you know, being replaced by Ku Coach. That's why I mean, I love it. I they will show it. They will. When we get the Ku Coach episode, they will talk about the the Doberman defense in the gold medal game that that both Scotty and Jordan were like. They said to Chuck Daly, like, "Look, this is the guy. Kraus wants this guy. Jordan's going to defend him, and then when Jordan's done, I'm coming in to replace Mike, and I've got him." And they ate him alive. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, so I, I I feel for it, and 
I think my appreciation for Scottie Pippen was always, always present. But now I think even, even more so when you get into the numbers. And like I said to Catherine, I was like, Fred Van Vliet's going to get 20 million a season. Mm-hmm. And Scottie Pippen made 18 million for six years. <laughs> yeah. And he's yeah. top 50 of all time. Yeah, he reminds me of Batista in a weird way that he just he never found a way to fully cash in despite all that talent. He, the timing was just off for him. Okay, then. You're not really expecting to learn anything about Michael Jordan here that you didn't already know in the next six episodes. I would be surprised. I mean, I would love, I mean, love in quotations, to know more about, I mean, I think, I think they're, they're, alluding to the retirement stuff and i mean it was about his dad it was about his dad and him in baseball and him wanting to to try it um i you know you mentioned and i wondered i mean i don't think so though like the fact that he went to the white Sox and kraus used to be a scout for the white Sox. is there anything connected there but i don't think kraus would have wanted to help jordan well, I mean, yeah, yeah. i mean any i'm sure the cops would have gladly taken him too <laughs> It right. might just be a Chicago thing. I mean, you got a chance to put Michael Jordan in your in your farm. Why the why the hell wouldn't you? But I don't. I, I I would love it if we got, and I doubt it again that we'll get any kind of Jordan's angle from the '92 Dream Team. Um, if we got like his a bit of his perspective, because I know mostly from Magic and Barclays, actually, mm-hmm. um, that would be interesting to me. But I don't think we're gonna. I mean, the gambling stuff. There's no. He's not gonna be like, yeah. I, I did all this gambling and they threatened my dad. Like none of that stuff is going to, none of that stuff is going to happen. And I, and, and I think that the next, we will get a visit from the bulls and the Knicks as well in terms of yes. him and Madison square. I think is the, might yeah. be a thing. Are you enjoying it? I mean, did, did you know, you and I talked and I've been, I've been wanting to ask you to get your feelings about it. You felt that Krauss was kind of hard up after the first episode. Did that yes, change yeah, during the couple. second? Uh, well, the first two, I would say, yeah, that he's been a main figure. And then they kind of deserted it a little bit in, in, in three, but he's sort of come back again, too, with the, with, the, with the axe hanging over Phil Jackson's head here. And this sort of wanton need to destroy a team that, you know, that hasn't stopped winning yet. Like, his rush to recreate um, this masterpiece that he's already sort of uh, built, I mean, uh, yeah. I, I, but I didn't know, like, again, back then, I wasn't as big a basketball fan as I am now. I, I didn't know the sort of what's happening in the backgrounds of those championships. But anywho, uh, my next question, because this is, I was speaking of which, too, because my history isn't quite as great as yours. Um, they, and I think episode three, they highlight the, the great series with the Cavs, mm-hmm. where he hits the last second three, and that ever so infamous shot of him jumping in the air and pumping, uh, his fist. Um, I really like my record. It, it's hard for me to remember the Cleveland Cavaliers before LeBron got there. Uh, with, the, with the exception of Lenny Wilkins, who I briefly recognized in that team photo. Who the hell was on that Cleveland Cavaliers that gave the Bulls so many problems? I didn't recognize a fucking face, I don't think. Yeah, man. So Cleveland was very good. Uh, they had Brad, Brad Doherty, who was kind of a. I would describe him as like a, a very poor man's Tim Duncan, but he was an all-star. Okay. Then they had Mark Price, who would be Price, I remember. To, okay. To uh, uh, you know, kind of a Steve Nash uh, with 
like Mark Price was amazing. Then they had this dude, Hot Rod Williams, who would have been kind of like a Horace Grant type. And then their, their big three was Larry Nance. And, and Larry Nance was great. And then Craig Elo was like six man of the year and, and was kind of like a Dan Marley type. Yeah, okay. If you remember him. Dude, and, then, yeah. and, then, and then they had Ron Harper. And what was, that was new. Okay, you asked me if I heard anything new. Yeah. So Ron Harper, they, they, in his wisdom, Phil Jackson grabbed him on a, on a pretty sweet deal because Ron wanted to play with Mike and, want, and Ron wanted to win a, a chip. But Ron Harper was a lockdown defender who I think him and Dumars was who Jordan said I had, he had the most trouble with, whatever that means, like who made yeah. him work for his baskets. Yeah. So, that, so Craig Elo to this day, man, and I, I was saying to Catherine, and I'll, I'll ask you this, and Matt, if he wants to jump in on, uh, from the booth, I've seen that Craig Elo highlight of Jordan hitting that two-pointer more than any sports highlight by a country mile. I think I'm at like at least over a hundred times I've seen that, that shot. Do you both have a thing where you've seen it more than anything? Like whether it's the bat flip or like the Craig Elo jumper, I, I, I know it verbatim. I've never seen it from another angle. Well, I still watch the Carter home run for chills. You know what I mean? Okay. So that would be your, your one. Yeah. That's the the sports moment that has stuck with me most vividly. Not stuck with you most. I'm sorry, Brian. I mean, like, had seen it the most. Like I. Oh yeah. I, I, no, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I watched that. You know, for me, it would be, it would support. be Kawhi's, the Kawhi's bouncing ball, but I have seen Jordan's Jordan shot over Elo more than any other sports highlight, whether I've wanted to or not. Yeah. Is yours still the Carter home run? Yes. Yes. Although when you mentioned the Kawhi shot, it has, you know, after that, uh, that game, it's, <laughs> I often like to go to, well, the reason I always go from that, it's the, uh, the feeling it brings back is the crowd, right? Like, not just uh, like you can almost instantly connect with that energy. Again, like I can go right back to to '93, and I can go right back to uh, whatever 2019. I can still feel that uh, static charge that goes through your body when those when those once, or I guess in this case, twice in a lifetime moments happen in sports. Yeah, that's why I, I love them so. Like when I play that Joe Carter home run over again, I can literally you know, feel my parents' carpet in the basement underneath mm. me. I can still feel my head leaning against the back of the, the footrest where my dad was uh, sitting. And, and then just... What about you, Matt? Do you, do you have a highlight? My head hit the ceiling. Un- What's that? Unfortunately, if we're talking like just sheer population, like how many times I've seen something, thanks to MLB TV, I gotta <laughs> say, it's 50 cents... Uh, opening pitch where he yeah. throws it basically horizontally because they show that so many times. I've easily seen that over a hundred times in the past year or two. But other than that, I was thinking, I was thinking back, especially like when I was young and things that stuck with me, two came to mind. One was uh, Canada cup in 87. Okay, yeah. Gretzky's pass to Lemieux with like two and a half minutes left to win six, five seen that so many times over the years. And the other one that came to mind, you'll like this, Doyle, uh, the catch, uh, Dwight Clark, Montana to Dwight Clark, NFL Films, just in that angle yeah. from behind the end zone. Those, yeah, those two came to mind. But unfortunately, the 50 cents incredible opening pitch <laughs> takes, <laughs> takes gold. 
Yeah, man. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I that was interesting to know that Ron Harper said let, Lenny let me guard him, and and he went with Craig Gilo. I I was shocked. He looked yeah, like exactly. good defense there. That's the shame too, because it's like as much as you can even play defense on MJ at that point, like he's right with him. He's his hands within a couple yeah. inches of the release. What could he have done? And he's crushed. Like you see, when Mike jumps up and kicks his foot out, it's funny because where Elo is kind of standing in the background, it's almost like that leap and celebration too causes him to like fall down to the ground. It's, it's yeah. Apparently, Elo. Elo lives in a small town in in Middle America, and he he's asked about it constantly. And I had forgotten that that he hit the game. Went leading shot on that on that open layup right prior to just it just seconds before, um, but yeah, I mean, I guess I don't know if Ron Harper would have fouled or or you know tried to deny him even the pass because everyone knew who was going to get it, mm-hmm. which is awesome. I mean, thinking about Jordan moving on, moving on, and in and that was oh, man, you were asking me about magic. Watching ninety one, I forgot how much I just was like, who is John Paxson? Why is this happening to me? Who, yes, who I found that quite guy? humorous too, this discovery of Jordan's, you know, credited with having one of the greatest basketball IQs of all time to play. So you're saying if I, if I pass this, the ball to this guy over here, he can actually score. He can put in three points so easily. <laughs> I don't even have to sweat. Like it's almost. Uh, yeah, I found that very humorous to me. That even to this day, you can see. Like, well, same thing know. happened with it's Steve funny. Kerr. Uh, same thing happened with Steve Kerr, and Jordan felt more comfortable uh, after Steve Kerr had punched him to 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 do that. <laughs> yes, and so then is. and then one of the funny the fun facts of those Bulls, and my understanding, especially come playoff time, is that Bill Cartwright used to get the first like six points of the game, but he would average nine. So he would score the first three possessions and then they'd be like, okay, that's enough for Bill because <laughs> Jordan just was like, you're in yeah. my way. Yeah, and also, you're, you're taking up time. also they, I mean, they traded, Krause traded uh, Jordan's best friend who was Charles, is, was Charles Oakley yeah. to the Knicks Probably for, for the Bill best. Cartwright. Yeah. And again, Jordan held Krause accountable for that. Like that, that was my, my, my bouncer, my boy, my gambling mm-hmm. buddy. Why would you trade him away? Yes. Although, you know, having some experience with Charles Oakley being a Raptors fan, like, I don't know, that's maybe one of those decisions again, where I might like, oh, maybe Krause was really ahead of his time with that. I mean, Charles Oakley, have you ever, if you ever Googled Charles Oakley quotes, Yes, Charles Oakley, he's hilarious. Yeah, but (laughs) maybe that's not the influence. Like, you don't need someone around Jordan that's just gonna get him drinking and uh, and gambling. That's not the player you want. Although I did love that Jordan liked that he defended him. Essentially, he defended him from like he was the uh, you know like one of what was that Marty McSorley for Wayne Gretzky. (laughs) That's right. And Oakley could do more than that. Like he was, he yeah, de- I mean, definitely cleared out space and definitely was a big rebounder. But even yeah, when I we mean, had him later in his career, yeah, it was his imposing figure that made him so useful. Yeah, like Vince loved having guys Oakley. were scared of him. They were just straight up scared. Vince loved having Oakley on his team. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Interesting. 
I saw seeing Antonio Davis too in that documentary there gave me some mixed feelings too. Well, and that'll come soon because, you know, after beating the Pistons and beating the, the Celtics, the Knicks became a real problem. And then the Pacers, I, I would say, were the, the Pacers and the Jazz were, well, the Suns had their uh, a moment that it could have gone a different way. But the Pacers were, I think, the, the toughest challenge because you had a trash talker defender like Reggie Miller. And then you had the Davis boys who were, Big and then Rick Smiths. And I just listened to this great podcast um, about uh, where they talked about Bird and Smiths and a, a jump ball where Smiths lost it to Jordan and they were up by one and mm-hmm. Smiths tapped it forward. And Scottie Pippen knew that uh, Smiths never tapped it back. If he tapped it back, the Pacers would have won. And Pippen hedged forward, knowing that he was going to tip it forward, caught the ball and was able to win the game. And by the time Bird realized he should call timeout and just go, Rick, you have to tap it back, it was too late. But Scottie Pippen and Jordan both knew that, mm. that he was going to tip it forward. Like that's, again, yeah, that's Scottie Pippen, man. Just like oh, yeah, out that, in the Savannah, yeah. like, just like a cheetah, just ahead of, Oh, sure. To keep that in the back of your mind and be like, oh, I can use that later. Yeah. I'll save that for an important moment. Like, that's the kind of thing that separates, uh, you know, great from people who win championships. You know I mean, there's lots of great players in the NBA. Some of them never won a ring, you know, Charles Barkley being the most famous example. Um, it's those kind of things that just separate you, right? The inches, as I say. Uh, okay, then final question to wrap it up. Um, in your opinion, then, what What's Jordan's best year and why? Oh, man. I don't have my homework. I, I should have done my homework. <laughs> I mean, you could argue a bunch of different, uh, a bunch of different things. Um, I so mean... an award he didn't win, I don't think, was there? <laughs> you know, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get interesting. I'm like, yes, we had that team that was the best ever uh, before, before the Warriors took, took that, that record away. But what we're watching now is going to get really interesting to what you said earlier about, like, there's Krause before the All-Star break saying Phil's gone. Uh, that, We've tried to trade Pippen. I can't defend. I can't defend that move. We, you know, we're gonna, we try to trade Pippen. Pippen wants to be traded. You know, Rodman going, I want to go on a vacation. Um, yeah. and then, and then I don't know what it's like. I'll never know what it's like, but to spend 82 games having to answer the same question about, are you staying? What's going to happen to this team? I, I find what he's doing, what, what we're going to witness in terms of the men, the mentality of this person will be really interesting. That, yeah. I don't, that doesn't the, necessarily the, the, make him yeah. best, the best he's ever played. But no, yeah. I, just, I find this journey really, really interesting, especially when the you're the best player. The strength of the whole thing. That's right. Yeah, it is impressive, yeah. When even like, yeah, I, I do find that sort of mind-boggling. Um, it's a feature that sports people, they're always trying to get ahead of the story, right? So here they are trying to take the crown away from the bulls at the end, you know, uh, you know, before they've even had a chance to, you know, barely 
tear down the float from the parade. They're already dismantling this team, right? The media. From uh, the beginning. I'm talking 97 here, like, that they're just trying to tear it all down. That they, they accidentally extended Michael's championship run, I think, just by doubting them. <laughs> just, by, just by trying to get too far ahead of the story. And I think maybe Krauss got caught up in that a little bit. Right, like yep. the old Billy Bean that it's better to trade somebody a year too early than a month too late. But it's interesting, too, because never do they talk about money being the problem. No, I can't imagine it would be. <laughs> just because, I just again, for the state of the franchise, the way he turned it around, I can't imagine. Although, I mean, those teams were deep. I mean, I, I'd have to look at the salary figures for sure to know what kind of tight-ass margin they were working with, but. I mean, when you have that sweetheart deal from Pippen, it's, it's hard to imagine you're having salary problems. Right. And then to go out and, and spend a fortune on Coach and however much on Rodman. I mean, I, I don't think Jordan was ever asked. I would be curious if he would have been, if he would have gone the Tim Duncan route or the Steve Nash route and taken a pay cut to try and keep a team assembled. I know that I don't think the cap is um, uh, contingent on, on a coach. But, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think Jordan was ever asked, and I wonder if he ever would have taken – I think LeBron has. LeBron's taken shorter, yeah. shorter pays to we'll try and see. keep a team together. I wonder if yeah, Jordan during would during those have. Miami years, for sure, they, they made some deals. Do you, think, do you think Jordan's the greatest of all time? Do you think Jordan's the greatest uh, of all time? I've heard some pretty compelling arguments uh, to say why, like, he's not. And uh, I can give credence to that, certainly – but um, what Jordan holds over, like, the, the, the player I heard, for example, was Kareem himself, which I thought was interesting when we were talking about number twos. Um, that Kareem, that you could argue, is a, is a greater player, like, if you look at his, you know, his record. I mean, again, Michael kind of hurt his record, uh, <laughs> you know, with his play in the middle and stuff and uh, leaving as such. But um, I think you have to, you know, take a greater measure than just what's, you know, uh, the line, what's on the paper and stuff like that. Because there's, you know, as much as I love Kareem, I think he, he was arguably the greatest center of all time. Um, it's the impact you have on the game. You know what I mean? Like, Jack Nicholas might have won more majors than, um, than Tiger, but what they both have in common is they changed the game. You know, only, only a few people in history ever changed the game. Uh, I don't know that Kareem did that in the same sense that Michael did. And I don't just mean, like, literally – the actual physical game, the rules of the game, how it's played. But Michael also set like sort of a, a standard for how athletes should handle their careers. You know, he showed them how to monetize their, their assets. You know, when, when guys, like, and maybe he learned from seeing Scotty fucking take it in the ass. Like, maybe, I don't know, or maybe it's just his competitive spirit, sort of like Kobe, that if, if you're going to do anything, you had to do it the best all the time. But, like Michael, Michael changed the culture of basketball, and he made the NBA what it is today. I know a lot of people too have, have sort of given that to um, Magic and Larry too for their their rivalry back in the day. Sort of set the NBA up for success, but I think you could say they got like if if this was a, a relay, <laughs> they started the race, and Michael Jordan brought it home. He he was your fourth guy in the relay. I would argue that Dr. J was the first in the, the first. Yeah, yeah, sure. Then, yeah. In terms of a superstar league, but and it's interesting. So I, I was surprised to hear you pick uh, Kareem. I mean, I know he's the all-time scorer, and and I, I would argue that his he had the most undefendable the shot 
of all time. But yeah, yeah, uh, he created a shot. He's got a shot. <laughs> yeah, there's an argument for Kareem certainly. And and they did in UCLA. I didn't I didn't realize this, but they they made it so that he they changed the rule that there was no dunking so that he couldn't dunk. <laughs> that's wow. That's the, that's the greatest compliment a basketball player could be given. It's kind of amazing. <laughs> like, I'd be like them saying, Jordan, we're not going to play for trophies anymore because you're just taking all the trophies, and it's making all the other players sad. It's true. I mean, it, for Tiger, too. They, they made courses longer and thinner, so other players would have a chance of beating Tiger Woods. Like, Jordan sort of, in a way, inspired that, too. I, I think I think so. I love yeah. to think about if the league, you know, didn't have the def- if the defense was what it was now. But then they argue that players now would have had an easier time then. I mean, it's I know, I, yeah. I, yeah Isaiah Thomas has been chirping a lot of like a lot of stuff recently that I'm like I can't even deal with you. Honestly, uh, the more I see of him, the less I like. Do you know what I mean? But you know, I he's get from it. Chicago. Like I said, everybody needs some healthy asshole. But uh, Thomas Thomas just rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> Just, you know, he's from Chicago. Even when he was with us in the franchise, I, I, I wasn't too thrilled with the results that uh, he came up with. No, he gave us some credibility in going yeah. into the NBA, but that's about it. Yeah. And he's from Chicago. Like, he's, he's an Illinois boy. Oh, maybe that's why he doesn't like Mike. Maybe it's personal. <laughs> he doesn't get the respect that Mike does in his own hometown. I could see that. I believe so. I authority believe so. on your side, yeah. Brian, I could talk last dance with you any and every time. Well, yeah, let's try and uh, let's wrap it up. I mean, we're like we're almost halfway through, like I said. Uh, but uh, we always appreciate you having here as our as our resident basketball advisor slash historian. Thanks, man. I, I uh, love you and I love Matthew. Thank you, Matthew. Talk soon. Thanks, guys. Wow, I thought he'd never leave. Fucking gay.